0: It's the show where the topics are topical, but not typical. This is Atypically Topical with Mindy and Josh. Yes, welcome back to Atypically Topical. My name is Mindy and I'm here with... I'm Mindy. I was going to see what you would do.
1: I'm I'm paying attention. I was going to see
0: if you were fast enough to just say Josh.
1: No, Uh, I'm I'm not Josh. (laughs) I'm Mindy.
0: And I'm Josh. So welcome back, everybody. Hi. And, um, how's it going, Mindy? How are you?
1: I'm good. You know, just chilling. Just chilling? Yeah. Glad it's the weekend. and Yeah. So, hanging can, out, sleeping can,
0: in. You can relax and not wake up at 6.45 in the morning.
1: Yeah. It's always good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that's, that's one of the worst parts of my job is having to wake up early. <laughs>
0: yeah. That early, too. Mhm. Like I've only done it a couple times just cuz then you take a puppy out and that's like nothing compared to 5 days a week.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean it's <laughs> it's really bad when when I first wake up and then like once I'm at work I'm fine, but it's just like have like the initial waking up part and But anyways.
0: Oh yeah, speaking of that though, I forgot to mention like I was talking to Candy about like the how we're trying to train Joaquin to not poop in here and stuff and uh-huh. she said with their dogs like for a while, they would they would set the alarm for like every three hours and, and take them out. That way, they knew like, and hopefully they would go then.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I was like, oh my god! I was like, I guess I'll maybe try that tonight and see if it'll like.
1: Mm, that's not annoying. since it's a
0: weekend, so you don't have to like be up early.
1: Still annoying. You know?
0: <laughs> I don't know. We have to figure something out because today we took him to get his uh, vaccine shots and like in. Uh, the couple minutes afterward, where we were waiting in the car and you were getting groceries, mm-hmm. he decided to go to the back seat and start pooping. <laughs> I'm like, "Have you learned nothing?" <laughs> I'm like, yelled like, "No!" And then like, took him outside and just he didn't even have to go anymore. He just released a little turd on the back, and it's like, I thought you learned. Like, he's confusing.
1: Yeah, and he's, that was a highlight of our day today. Yeah,
0: exactly the highlight. But, um. Yeah.
1: But Joaquin has nothing to do with the topic. Uh, he's so.
0: he's his own little disaster sometimes.
1: I guess
0: so. <laughs> uh, we're talking about disasters today, um, whether they be natural or man-made, I mm-hmm. guess, right?
1: Um, I took a little liberties with this one. Okay. Um, so. I kind of
0: did, too. Yeah. So, I guess uh, we'll see. I'm sure it'll have somewhat... Like, somewhat... Yeah,
1: I mean, it's definitely, like, something really bad happened.
0: Okay. That's that's fair enough. Same.
1: Yeah, but it's not like a, a bummer. Oh it is a bummer, but not as bad <laughs> as a bummer as I could have gone.
0: Right. Well, it's always worse, I guess. Yeah. I, I try I, to avoid uh deaths and stuff unless we're doing murder. But yeah. <laughs> stories where like Florida stories where someone dies or <laughs> kills. Oh, an I animal. mean my
1: my story has death for sure. Okay. Yeah, but Yeah,
0: well historically it's a little easier to swallow.
1: Yeah, I like I I <laughs> found the a story about ago. like Um, about, I guess it was, like, this plant in in Japan that, um, it was releasing some kind of chemical, and, like, the cats, like, it was, like, the fish were absorbing the chemicals, and they were getting bigger, and the cats there, like, were, like, they they said they were, like, they looked like they were dancing, but it was, like, a reaction to the chemicals. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the people, like, started to die later, and, and there was like all these birth defects and stuff. What was
0: the goal behind that?
1: It was a disaster. Like it's because of the company that had been pulling like all these like chemicals in their in this lake. Okay. That
0: wow.
1: Like thousands of people died.
0: So the the people would eat the fish, and then, mm-hmm. oh, that's messed up.
1: Yeah, but that's cause, not cause, what you did
0: eventually. N- no, because okay.
1: I think the reason why like the people died is because like it, it was like it was like mercury, but it was like a, not a natural form of mercury. Mm-hmm. Like the body, the stuff of mercury is absorbed in the body, so it's
0: no, yeah, you don't want to ingest mercury.
1: No, that's why we yeah. don't have a mercury yeah. in our paint anymore,
0: right? <laughs> All right. Well then, so it'll be a little less dark than that, I guess? Or yeah, it's, about it's, the it's same a bit comical. Okay. Well, good. That's what we're here for. So go yeah. ahead and take it away.
1: Okay. So this is about the battle of the Quran, Karansibis. The Karansibis.
0: How do you spell that?
1: K-A-R-A-N-S-E-B-E-S.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Karen Sebas.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Sebas. It's it's probably we're pronouncing it wrong. probably. Karen Sebas. Whatever. So this happened um, from 1787 to 1791. So
0: damn, you went way back.
1: Yeah, and so this is okay. So before Austria, there is the Habsburg Empire, and so they this war is about the Habsburg Habsburg versus Ottoman Empire. Um, or in modern day, it would be the Austro-Turkish war. It could be both. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, the Austrian um, army was led by the Emperor Joseph II. And I've heard some crazy stuff about this guy. He's not very smart. Okay. So, I'm not going to go into him very much. (laughs) I'm just going to go to this one battle. So, the Austrian army at this time was really, like, made up of Austrian nationals. And so, there's, like, Austrian people, um, Czech people from the Czech Republic, Germany, France, Croatia, Serbia, Poland. And so, like it, it was kind of hard for like the people like to communicate because the, they all spoke different languages. Mm-hmm. So that will come l- later on okay. in the story. Um, so this battle, um, again, they're fighting against the Ottoman Empire and control of the Dubé River. So on the night of September seventeenth, the Austrian cavalrymen uh, went on a scouting patrol for Turkish soldiers. But while out, the soldiers came upon a group of travelers that had set up a camp along the other side of the river. The travelers offered the soldiers drink in order to appease the weary men after a day's work. That's fine. The, the soldiers accepted and thus began a night of heavy drinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At one point during the festivities, a group of men happened upon the drinkers and asked to join. Uh, when he was denied alcohol, a fist fight erupted. Okay. Before Here long, Yep. Yeah, before long, the fight escalated, and shots were allegedly fired. Back in the town of whatever the t- the battle called, the um, <laughs> Karen Karen Sebas Karen Sebas or something like that. Where the army were there were not drinking and not fighting or having any fun. Hmm. um, They were like very alert to see if like their Turkish uh, forces were coming um, because they were fighting over that river. Um, And so when they heard the shots fired across the river, um, the forces naturally um, interrupted by the ruckus by the Turks, it, so they thought they they heard the noise and they thought they were the Turks. Yeah. Um. And so they began screaming, "The Turks! The Turks!" So across the river, the drunken forces heard the uh, their comrades cry of oh, the Turks, the Turks, and rushed hey, to camp. What you call me? I'm <laughs> not no fucking what Turk. What you say? Come at me, bro. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they said that. In
0: the yeah, in 1700s. <laughs> yeah, what's that's- tase?
1: <laughs> yeah, seventeen hundreds. Um, and so, where was I? Du, 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 so they heard the shots. Du, du. Oh, okay. And so, um, so the people on the other side of the river went back to the camp to f- uh, help the other soldiers, thinking that their cries for help uh, were because they like actually the Turks were like there. Mm-hmm. And so,
0: I mean, yeah, they're hearing cries of Turks.
1: Yeah, and so like. So now imagine this, so like you got the Turks on the river and the Turks back in the city, and so like um the Turks in the river are heading this way, and the Turks in the city are heading their way, and so like the Turks from the river are like, "Oh shit, the people heading towards us are the Turks <laughs> and so um so they they started fighting uh shooting at them okay, they, yeah. so yeah, um, so they got so and then the the Turks, not the Turks, the, um, Austrians from the city, um, shot at them. And then the drunken Turk, the drunken Austrians were like, oh shit, this actually then, cause they're firing at us. Yeah. Um, and you gotta so. sober up real quick. Yeah. Um, so this went on for a while and then, um, I don't know if it's because if they realized their mistake, um, but, or they just wanted the firing to up, um, a few German soldiers, um shouted halt which means stop right. um but due to the language barrier the non-german soldiers believe the german soldiers are shouting "Allah," which is what the turks were known for shouting during battle
0: doesn't even sound like
1: that <laughs> they were german- trying yeah. i guess and so halt they just said "Allah, bro <laughs> get him they're they're fucking muslims <laughs> yeah um so so instead of ceasing fire they just kept shooting at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um so they fight continued on um and because of the drunkenness and language barriers and all that. Um so by the end of the night roughly thousands of Austrian men were left dead or wounded. By the morning the Austrians realized what had happened and unfortunately uh, by then, the damage was done, and thousands of soldiers had perished in friendly fire. Um, so, yeah, so friendly when the fire. Turks did invade two days later, their plan <laughs> attack proved unnecessary because yeah, a lot of the army was already dead <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so yeah, this and as
0: a disaster yeah A drunken, drunken disaster
1: yeah and so yeah the uh, the Turkish t- basically took over that city very easily yeah um, um, they had it coming yeah it, yeah it was their own fault so it's been like debated whether like this really happened or not because it's like it seems so ridiculous mm-hmm. um but they um but there are history um it's it there is written record of it. So it it did it did happen, and like it's really embarrassing for <laughs> right. for the Austrians, um, of course, of their history. But I mean, that's that's what happens when you like go to war and you drink alcohol. You're gonna shoot your own men, cause yeah. they're thinking they're the enemy. I guess, yeah. So
0: and completely mishearing words,
1: yeah. So yeah, that's what happens when you drink alcohol and don't speak the same language,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was uh, what was that war called?
1: Uh, the Battle of Karansebes, 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 something like that.
0: Something like that. We're probably butchering it, but it's
1: all yeah, right. for sure. I mean, we're not all Austrian. Tur- all of our
0: Turkish fans,
1: yeah, our Austrian <laughs> Turkish, knows. Czech, yeah. I'm sorry, guys, but <laughs> we're we're not from that area. We're Mexican or an American. So yeah. if it's not from those two places, we don't know.
0: <laughs> exactly, typical Americans. Aww. But, uh, yeah, I would say that's definitely a, like a man-caused disaster. Disaster, yeah. Speaking of man-caused disasters, let's get into questioning Florida. <laughs> Finally had a good segue to <laughs> get into it. So, this is from, okay, so as of today, we're on uh, February 2nd. This is from um, January 27th. Okay. So, not even a week ago. From Newsweek. Florida man finds grenade while magnet fishing.
1: What, wait, wait know, what is... It's already a question. Okay. right? Hold on.
0: But drives to Taco Bell before calling cops, sparking an evacuation. That's the whole headline. Okay. So many questions, right?
1: Yeah. I, I had the
0: same one about what the hell magnet fishing is.
1: Yeah. Just it's picture our, somebody
0: with a pole and... and uh, magnet
1: at the end. Yeah. And, like, dude, and like, fish aren't metal, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think in this case, the word fish is less about the sport and more about the actual definition of like searching for, like fishing for compliments or whatever, you know. It's not like fishing, fishing.
1: Okay, well, you just make it more confusing that way. (laughs) (laughs) True.
0: A Florida man caused an evacuation at a Taco Bell in Ocala this weekend after telling cops he drove there with a hand grenade he found while magnet fishing. In social media updates, um... From the police department, uh, they advised citizens to avoid the area after it was verified that, that the device was an authentic World War II hand grenade. So that's pretty crazy. Dang. Yeah, it appeared that the it man was just
1: laying somewhere in Florida.
0: Yeah, in the water. It appeared that the man, who was not identified by law enforcement, had waited until arriving at Taco Bell before reporting his discovery to the authorities. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe he didn't have service, like in, um, like if he's in the bayou or something. I don't imagine there's a lot of service, uh, service I over guess,
0: there. I I feel like he would have had service before he got to Taco Bell.
1: Or oh, maybe there's one near the bayou. We don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's innocent. In I all like this. how
0: you're you're defending him. <laughs> the department said bomb squad experts had had to be called onto the scene to remove the grenade, which they which they fortunately did so without incident. But the Taco Bell was closed for about an hour. So. Mm. They lost about 20 bucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're already going to Taco Bell, like...
0: <laughs> you deserve a grenade. <laughs> the, the police Twitter account wrote, At 5.01 p.m., a caller informed dispatchers that he found a hand grenade while magnet fishing in Okalawa. Okalawaha. I guess that's a, It's like a, It sounds like Hawaiian. Yeah. He put it in his trunk and drove the Taco Bell in Okala. Marion County Sheriff's Bomb Squad has responded to ensure everyone's safety. Please avoid the area. And on their Facebook post, there were commenters. They were quick to joke about the incident. Several questioned why he waited until he got to Taco Bell to, to call the cops.
1: No, Like I said, refer back to what I said earlier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One of the comments goes, but why? The last thing I do with a grenade is put it in my trunk and drive around. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a good point. Another well, said, "Why does stuff like this only happen in Florida?"
1: Oh, speaking of Florida, that reminds me. Um, I had to test a student on Friday, mm-hmm. and she. When we get the kids from out of state, we, we test them again because there's different like um, ways that different states test for a special ed. Mm-hmm. And so this girl was from Orlando, and so we started to call, talking about Wawa and stuff. Oh yeah, and and one of the tests we give, um, she had, we, the recording is like of the story, and then after the story's done, she has to tell it back to me. And so the story yeah. was about like a monkey, like a man like in a car with a monkey, and he's like put on the accelerator, and the monkey is steering.
0: <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. And then, and then after she was telling me the story, and it's like that's not something like Florida. Yeah. It happened in Florida, right? And she like started laughing, and she was like, "Yeah."
0: See, everybody knows. Yeah, it's not just uh, us that caught on to the craziness in Florida.
1: Yeah, but but then I told her like, San Antonio is crazy too. Like people try to steal a shark from the aquarium. That's like true. you didn't you didn't skip the craziness. You mm-hmm. just you went they to a different just type have of crazy. A lot more, of yeah, it and every day. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so here's where we find out what magnet fishing is. Do you have a guess first of all about mm, what?
1: I'm guessing like it's like a rod, and there's like a magnet at the end of it, and it's like you just put it like in the water and see like something sticks onto it. it.
0: Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, it's kind of like metal detectors, like when you you walk on the beach with it.
1: Yeah, but you're it's trying in to the find water, like
0: coins and shit. Magnet fishing is a process of searching bodies of water for lost or interesting objects using strong magnets. So that's what that's what uh, he was doing whenever he. Uh, uh, let's just ignore him. <laughs>
1: no, well, I, I need to like, commentate what's happening right now because Joaquin, like, he has a
0: full bed that
1: like four times his size, and he his only his head is on the bed, and the rest of his body is on the ground.
0: Yeah. I'll try to get a picture of it, because it's pretty hilarious.
1: I I don't understand. Both
0: of these dogs don't know how, to, how a bed works.
1: Yeah, like, even this morning, like, <laughs> he, Josh has a backpack that he has on the floor. Joaquin was laying on the backpack when there was two good beds he could have laid on.
0: <laughs> oh my god, I have to post this later. I'm going to put this on the group. I have to remember when I edit the episode. <laughs> but, um, alright. He's weird. Last part here, so... Um, this wasn't the only time that something like this happened. In August last year, in the UK, a family discovered a stash of guns while hunting in a river. And in October 2018, a YouTuber reeled in an antique pistol, axe head, and knife. So, like, I mean,
1: that'd be cool to yeah. what? Well, not the grenade, because a grenade, you don't yeah. know that shit works still or not. But like an <laughs> antique pistol, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the grenade would be pretty safe if, if the last time it was ever, like, used was 1940s. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know how grenades that's were. true. Then. I still
0: wouldn't trust it.
1: It's like, remember in Parks and Rec when uh, Ron Swanson gives that little girl, like, a a, a hand grenade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What was that for again?
1: Because I think she was doing a project about the government. <laughs> oh, okay. And so she asked Ron for his input, and yeah.
0: That's funny. So, yeah. That's the, uh... That's our, our weekly Florida... Not not as ludicrous as some of the ones we've had, but yeah. still, I would not have taken the grenade. I would have, I don't know. Tried to, cut, I'm sure cut. there was somebody that could have called. Like, uh, I don't buy the service, no service thing. Like, uh- unless it was a completely isolated body of water, but still, I wouldn't take the grenade with me. I would like put it somewhere. I know nobody could like find it or get it and then just like just drive somewhere and call. And then lead him to it. I don't sure. know. Sure.
1: Um, I I, yeah. <laughs> not a, it's not, it,
0: it's, it's hard to know how you would react if you found a grenade.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into, uh, back into the regular spot the fake segment. Okay. So back on theme with uh, disasters, and these have to do with natural disasters. Okay. And um,
1: I have that song, Don't Let Me Down by the needle stuck in my head for some reason. Why? I don't know.
0: Because I brought up Florida, and you're just like, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be an uplifting story. <laughs> don't let me down, Florida. <laughs> yeah, don't
1: let me down, Florida. And they let me down again.
0: Mm-hmm. As usual. Can you not shop for Ikea furniture while I'm I'm going over spot the fake, please? Uh,
1: I know you have
0: a nice slick new laptop pro- provided by Zach, but <laughs> yeah. need your attention here.
1: <laughs> Why do you need my attention?
0: Because, you, okay, well, you don't have to pay attention, but you might get it wrong.
1: Okay, fine.
0: These are, this is from a, a website that compiled uh, cities that are most threatened by natural disasters, so like most population affected by over the years. Yeah. It's a website called i-er- ieric.com. It looked legit. They had news segments, so whatever. News sections. Okay, so I have four here. You're going to try to choose the one that's not in the top ten. Okay. Number one, Beijing, China. Okay. Number two, Manila, Philippines. Mm-hmm. Number three, Los Angeles, California. Okay. Number four, Tokyo, Japan. <sighs> Would you like me to read them again, or do you have yeah. an idea? Number one, Beijing, China. Two, Manila, Philippines. Three, LA. Four, Tokyo, Japan. Um, uh, any that stick out as you can
1: maybe Beijing because I've actually been to Beijing mm-hmm. and um, it's not like near like water or I don't think it's like near a fault line. I'm not sure about that, but that's just okay, my hunch. So you're gonna go
0: with that one for the fake one.
1: I guess so. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go with my guess. Well,
0: I'm going to go in no particular order. That way you know, you don't know if I'm skipping or not. Uh, I'll go from the top, the highest on the list, or I guess the less frequent, number nine is L.A. Mm-hmm. The number of people potentially affected at this time, this was like a 2017 article, was about 16.4 million. The greatest mm-hmm. risk to L.A. is earthquake, obviously, followed yeah. by river flooding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Next one. This is number two on the list. This is Manila, Philippines. I figure. Number of people potentially affected, 34.6 million. Their greatest threats are heavy monsoon rains, um, which cause often cause parts of, of Manila to flood and making roads impossible for small vehicles to get through. hmm And the number one city on the list is Tokyo, Japan. Yay! So... Well, great job!
1: Yay! Be
0: uh, one out of four, so very nice.
1: Yeah, I've been to two of those places. Yeah, I
0: was gonna say, I, was, I know you had been to to a couple of these. So, okay, so number, of, so this, I, don't, I know you really love Tokyo, so this could be a little deterrent. Maybe you have to.
1: We careful. we would have to plan it out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> number of potential uh, potentially affected people: fifty seven point one million. The metropolitan area of Tokyo, Yokohama, is by far the most earthquake-exposed community. The area is also at at higher risk for other hazards like storm surge, high winds, river flooding, and tsunamis. So it's a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, You get
1: the whole package.
0: Yeah, you get the whole package to when you go to Tokyo. Um, So yeah, good job. Beijing is obviously the one that I just uh, threw in there.
1: Yeah. That wasn't well smart of you. You know, I, I went there. Hmm? That wasn't smart of you.
0: I try to help you out sometimes and you call me not smart. <laughs> you have to mm-hmm. think about it. I'm sure it's it's up there somewhere. with some.
1: Well, I mean, the only there thing... There were was... some
0: Chinese cities in there. I just chose it. Well, one. yeah.
1: Well, because I was thinking, like, maybe not natural disasters, but maybe, like, famine or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe. People getting drunk and shooting at each other. Yeah. All right. We'll get into my main one before we wrap it up. Okay. This is um, very current, and I kind of thought about it when we were talking about disasters because it's going on right now in our country. Oh, yeah. And that's the polar vortex. I kind of wanted to do this for myself to learn about it because I'm not quite sure the extent of, like, the damage it can cause.
1: I watched a video about it, so I know oh, a okay. bit
0: more. So what I found was uh, an article on uh, mercurynews.com, and I also compiled from the Weather Network and Live Science. I got, like, a few different things. Mm-hmm. But they're all about crazy things that can happen in that kind of cold, that yeah. the polar vortex. Well,
1: can I? Well, can I say something real yeah. quick? I was talking to my supervisor on Friday, mm-hmm. and she was saying she has a friend that lives in Chicago, mm-hmm. and that the that the friend sent her a video of like her pouring water mm-hmm. outside and it freezing immediately.
0: Okay, it's I have a similar one. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a video to show, but I'll just I'll post it and uh, I'll show you later because it's uh, I can just explain it. Okay. So, first, I just found the definition of polar vortex from AccuWeather. And it's basically, um, it's a large pocket of very cold air, typically the coldest air in the northern hemisphere, which sits over the polar region during the winter. Uh, the frigid air can find its way into the U.S. when the polar vo- vortex is pushed farther south, mm-hmm. occasionally reaching southern Canada and the northern plains and the Midwest and northeast parts of the U.S. So... um Knowing that these are some of the weird things that can happen when the temperatures plummet far below zero, okay. actually, number one was throwing a cup of boiling water in the air at minus twenty two so this is it, boiling water. I saw the video yeah, basically he he has boiling water he goes outside
1: does he, it evaporate?
0: yeah, he throws yeah. it up and it kind of evaporates into smoke or whatever mm-hmm. like uh crystals the water so the explanation from uh, University of Minnesota climatologist Mark Seely. He says, when you throw the boiling water up, suddenly the minus-22 air has more water vapor than it has room for. So the vapor precipitates out by clinging to microscopic particles in the air, such as sodium or calcium, and forming crystals. This is just what goes into the formation of snowflakes. So it's okay. kind of similar to how snowflakes are made, I guess. Yeah, okay. So if you watch it, like, he just... He kind of throws it up dangerously, too, like the video I'll post, like... <laughs> He has it in a pot, and he just throws it like that. I'm like, dude, if you got any of that on yourself, that would not be
1: cool. Well, <laughs> he could just put his arm out and be like, ah. That's true. <laughs> so I got instant relief. <laughs> um,
0: all right, the next one. Um, there's also a video, but this is pretty self-explanatory. It was basically you can hammer in a nail with an egg or a pear. You just leave it out in the cold for a bit. He was using an egg to hammer a nail into mm-hmm. a piece of wood. That's just an interesting one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Next one is a more natural occurrence. They're called frost quakes.
1: Hmm. It sounds like a cereal. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say that.
0: Mommy, can I have some frost quakes? Please. (laughs) Frost quakes typically strike after a cold snap rapidly drops temperatures well below freezing. The quick freeze makes ice in the ground swiftly expand and crack, producing loud booms. Hmm. Though frostquakes sometimes shake the ground, their effects are localized, so the tremors are rarely caught on earthquake monitors. A similar phenomenon called ice quakes can loudly crack the ice in lakes and rivers. Both frostquakes and ice quakes are known as cryoseisms. A few of these hit every winter in Canada. They've also been reported in the northeast, midwest, and Alaska. So yeah, I didn't even know yeah. um, that was even a thing.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think, cause there have been like a couple of earthquakes mm-hmm. when I used to live back home. But like, I remember, oh God, it must've been when I was like 20 or something. Um, Cookie and I were driving and then like, after like a couple of hours, we were like, oh man, there was an earthquake that happened. And, was, and we were like, we didn't even feel anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, this next one, I... I'm pretty sure you've heard of before. I think we've talked about them at some point, whether on the podcast or not. But these are the wood frogs that freeze solid. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. No, I think we went over... No, what it no, it was a cricket. was No, were they
1: crickets? Well, I mean, I remember... It was
0: some kind of iguana.
1: Oh, Remember iguana? iguanas
0: that were freezing? It was definitely an episode that we did. We'll have to look back on it.
1: Well, I know there's like a cricket that... Like, there, that
0: could be one too. Yeah. But that- on the show, we did... We did one where the iguanas would, like...
1: Oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd, yeah, because they were, like, falling out of the trees yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And they could fall into someone's car or some shit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, those iguanas are dead, though. Yeah. What?
0: Well, a- no, they they would wake up after it gets warm enough. Oh. This is similar. So let me let me just read you this. Weird. It's similar. So, native to northern regions of North America, um, these wood frogs freeze almost completely solid during the coldest months of winter. This one's fascinating. As cold-blooded animals, their body temperatures can't resist changes in ambient temperatures, but they have evolved a mechanism to survive their frozen stupor, in which their liver breaks down a compound uh, called glycogen into glucose and releases that glucose into their bloodstream. The sugar acts sort of as an antifreeze in the animal's blood, keeping it alive as it hibernates through the coldest months of the year. What?
1: No, I was just thinking, I saw a picture earlier of, uh, cause like people are like posting pictures of like how cold it is yeah, over yeah. there and it's this guy holding antifreeze and it's like my antif- my antifreeze froze. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You should start throwing antifreeze out like, uh, um... Like they do with holy water, like the like with the little, what is it called?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, the little golden thing that they just start putting antifreeze
1: on. And the with. smoke thing, too. Yeah,
0: the smoke. The frogs can live this way for weeks at a time until temperatures rise back up above freezing. At this point, their heart starts to beat. They gulp for air, juggle their legs, and hop away in a search for a mate. So immediately they're like, all right, I'm going to fuck that. <laughs> Isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah. Like it's like a, but he's, it's not like as cool as a tardigrade though.
0: Yeah. Tard- to, yeah. Tardigrade is a uh, one that we should talk about in depth one day. Cause yeah, I know cause it's very fascinating too.
1: It's my favorite animal. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, uh, you know what? I'll save yeah,
0: it. Yeah, Save it. Save it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if you've heard of this one. Okay. This is something, um, if you keep your eyes peeled, you might spot this during a winter walk through the forest. It grows on rotten branches and looks like candy floss or hair. In reality, it's a fungus that develops during winter nights when the temperature hovers around the freezing mark. It's somewhat uncommon, so if you witness it, consider yourself lucky. And this is called hair ice. You see it?
1: Yeah. I've never seen that before. Right? Yeah.
0: I, yeah, so it's it's basically looks like a wig of white hair growing on a tree.
1: Yeah. I mean I've seen like branches covered in ice, but yeah. not it just like not that, that it
0: looks like hair. Yeah. yeah. That, that's it's very very interesting. Yeah. I had not heard of that. I wonder if it like hurts the touch or something. I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to try just like the grenade, I would, I would just leave it alone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not, it's living up north for like 19 years. It's just Mm -hmm. like, I'm over everything when it comes to cold. Like we, we went to dinner yesterday with like a couple of friends and, uh, or a few friends actually, not a couple. And, uh, when they like of our friends went skiing and it's the first time he saw snow so he's excited mm-hmm. and doing all that but I was just like I have no interest in skiing or snowboarding at all because I've lived in the cold for like 19 yeah. years like I'm over it. over it
0: yeah even when we went to Pennsylvania recently uh, it wasn't like super cold as far as like how yeah. it can get but I was like no
1: yeah like and it's it snow too but I, I, yeah. just, I was just like whatever yeah. who cares Fuck us. fuck okay. the snow
0: uh we'll go out on these couple of uh, things. So, um, I found a couple of um, effects of extreme cold on on the body that that are potentially like possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, other than shivering and all the main ones, and frostbite, and, and like white, you know, or like red uh, rashies, yeah. yeah. This one I hadn't heard libs. of. This is particular to like if you're a skier or snowmobiler. Is that word
1: snowmobiler? It's
0: on the on the article snowmobiler. <laughs> Or anyone who has to spend a lot of time outdoors with the wind blowing in their face and forgets to pack goggles. Their corneas may freeze.
1: Oh, that's not cool.
0: No, it's not.
1: Because don't you need those to see? (laughs) A little bit.
0: Princeton University University says, Forcing your eyes open in strong winds and extreme cold with no protection can, in fact, cause your cornea to freeze. This actually causes people to drop out of grueling cross-country Arctic races like the Iditarod in Alaska. Oh, yeah. And even... uh, when rewarming the area, it's um, so like I guess you can do this with a compress or a warm hand or something. If if you rewarm the area that like the, your eyes mm-hmm. still, you still have to deal with momentary blurred vision, or it's even possible for contact lenses to freeze to the eyeballs. I feel Like I mean, it already twenty
1: twenty vision. <laughs> whatever.
0: <laughs> like dealing with contacts is, was such a pain in the ass. Like even if like if whenever. I don't know if you've ever noticed how they can fold over a little bit or no. something, or if they have a tear in it, it's very painful.
1: No. I know, yeah.
0: You never had contacts, what do yeah. You do? I, like I, 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 I can conf- tell. Oh.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I can tell when people have contacts, yeah. but that's the extent of my knowledge. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it, it's quite painful to deal with. Now, imagine them freezing to your eyeballs. It's not. It's not cool. Have you ever had anything in your eye? Um. <laughs>
1: maybe, okay. maybe like sand or something. Calm down.
0: All right. So, yeah, imagine that, but freezing sand into your eye <laughs> The eyes are usually thawed by the time the victim gets to a physician, and any damage can usually heal in days or weeks, but severe cases could result in tissue loss requiring restorative surgery. Mm. So don't want to mess with that. No. Always have goggles if you're going to be out under.
1: Yeah, even if you have 20, 20 vision, just yeah. wear goggles.
0: Yeah, you're not immune, Mindy. I don't yeah. care if you can see. <laughs> you're so- Okay, so uh, this is the last one here. Uh, you can get so confused in extreme cold that you start undressing.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's not common, but it happens. People who have been found after dying of hypothermia seem to have removed their clothes in their final moments. There is a climbing website that tells of stories where whole groups have been found dead on the mountainside naked, with the with their clothes folded nearby.
1: Yeah, there. Yeah, I've, I heard like of a. Um...
0: There's a term for it too.
1: I don't know the term, but I heard that there was like this story about like all these climbers that went and like, I think two of them survived somehow, but like, mm-hmm. it's a whole mystery because they like, these people like had their clothes like off and they, so they thought maybe the the people that survived mm-hmm. like murdered them, but well, it could be that too. But there's
0: a, there's a little sentence about that kind of in here too. Oh, okay. But first, uh, the term it's pretty, it's pretty spot on. <laughs> It's called paradoxical undressing. Oh, okay. Yeah. You would think you wouldn't want to, but they do. German scientists looked at 69 hypothermia deaths from 1978 to 94. They found about 25% of the victims had taken their clothes off before death. So that's a good amount. The phenomenon, this is where it comes, what you said, has often led to police mistaking hypothermia victims as having suffered some kind of assault. So, yeah, that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Because it doesn't really just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like what the would well, they I, take their clothes off to the like, naked eye? That's not. I didn't mean it that way, but
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. also, didn't Ben Gross take off his uh his clothes off one time when he was like in a he's gonna yeah. go on, like a <laughs> river or something, and it was really cold? Oh, uh,
0: maybe I think you're right.
1: I don't know why we do that. well, I guess maybe- just so
0: his because like if you have wet clothes, this is another effect I read actually. Like, it's a lot worse. So, that's probably... So, did
1: he just throw his clothes across the... I
0: don't know. He probably had some kind of device that made it somehow across. He <laughs> like put him in some kind of bag.
1: I think, like, just don't go in those situations. Avoid them. Don't yeah. Just, yeah. Just don't live in a cold area.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Period. <laughs> so, um... All right. I just want... This is just a bonus I threw in there. Just FYI. dokie. Okay, okay. Um... This is just like a tip, and it's going to be, um, it's going to make us sad. But okay. from BusinessInsider.com, you you actually make things worse if you drink alcohol when it's cold.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> the body's first major reaction to cold is to constrict blood vessels, but alcohol does the opposite it causes perip- peripheral vasodilation, mm-hmm. explains the
1: I, I totally know what that is. <laughs>
0: Those blood vessels widen and dump all this heat to the environment. Your skin will feel warm, but that provides a false sense of security because this really causes your core temperature to drop, which can lead in extreme cases to hypothermia. Well, yeah. It turns out, so do you know what the most, like, effective thing to drink is in cold weather? Um, or if you have a cold coming on, according to this article? Water? <laughs> uh, no. It's drinking hot tea. Oh. It's the best option in cold weather, according to this, so. I can do that. It's kind of boring, but I don't know. Maybe you could spike yeah. it a little bit.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's defeating the purpose. <laughs> but Just a little, um, little drop. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty hot. like It's kind of like when people, like, some people who can't feel pain in certain areas of their body, like, they don't feel it, but I mean, it's happening, so it's dangerous. Right. So.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, those are the, um, and there were more, there was like the. You could you could freeze a bubble like if you have oh, yeah. a bubble and mm-hmm. like if it goes out like and it crystallizes it time, crystallize yeah. yeah there's a lot of, of cool ones out there um, hopefully I never witness them in person because I don't like to be in that much of cold weather but I'm hearing I was reading like you could get like frostbite within minutes it oh yeah kind of for like, sure. someone said in Minnesota it was like I think when I was at the vet mm-hmm. I was overhearing them talking about it and. I got the front desk, and they said Minnesota was, like, minus 40 or something crazy. I'm Mm
1: like, what? Yeah, like, it's it's a lot of, it's really concerning, especially because um, the homeless population in those major cities, like, Mm -hmm. it's high. And so, like, I've heard people had to, like, convert, um, like, buses into safe areas for the homeless because the shelters are just filled up.
0: There's a lot of like emergency type like situations that result from it, like because you're not really prepared for that kind of extreme. Uh, yeah, and weather. like homeless,
1: homeless people, like I mean, I mean, what 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 else are they gonna do? Yeah. You know.
0: We yeah. need we need some of that good old fashioned uh, global warming. <laughs> Fucking Trump, God damn
1: it. Oh, god. <laughs> there was like he like some. Uh... It's
0: really annoying how people don't understand global warming. Does it? That's why they had to change to climate change because they were like global warming means like it's always hot, right? And like no, mm, yeah. no, it means like it, on both sides, both extremes, weather very hot, very cold. It's it's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> we're not saying everything's hot. That's not what it means. That's why they had to change it and still.
1: And that's why we should move to, our, like, renew- renewable, like, sources instead yeah. of, like, sticking to, like, fossil fuels and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I'm not saying, like, we should we should get rid of fossil fuels because yeah. we still don't need that. But right. slowly, like, moving from that to a more sustainable and eco-friendly yeah. source of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note... Hashtag truths.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag mini-truths. <laughs> All right. Well, um all right i think we're good yep that wraps up episode 33 i'd like to thank both of the dogs for sleeping throughout we don't have to hear them crying and uh walking around and drinking water and doing mm-hmm. all these kind of distracting things
1: except for joaquin who <laughs> can't sleep on a bed apparently yeah
0: he's back on the bed now the update <laughs> but i definitely want to post that picture on our facebook because that was hilarious on instagram too will mm-hmm. be our second official mascot and on that note uh, let's go ahead and uh raise our glasses and go grab a refill. Bye, bye. bye, everyone.
1: Mommy, can I have some frothquakes, please? <laughs>